Hey, listeners, one of the preeminent conferences of the year is just around the corner, the Market Council Summit. It's the capstone event of the year and includes the best and the brightest leaders from all corners of the wealth space. December 6th through the 9th in Miami Beach. What could be bad about that? Now, this conference is invite only and targeted towards growth-oriented RAA business leaders. If you qualify and want to secure an invite, send an email to me at Tina in the sweet podcast.com. And I'll try my best to get you on the list. Hi, this is Tina Powell, host of In the Suite, where I sit down with top women leaders and some of the biggest names in the financial services and the wealth management industry. Together, we'll discover some of their best secrets and top strategies to grow great business, build a strong brand, and lead teams in the 21st century. I hope you'll enjoy hearing their amazing personal stories of triumph, trepidation, and transformation in hopes of becoming better leaders ourselves. The time for you to lead is now, and you're in the suite. Meet Vanessa Martinez, partner and managing director at the Learner Group at Hightower, which represents over 150 years of combined wealth management experience and serves a wide range of clients, including high net worth individuals, foundations, profit sharing plans, and pension plans. Vanessa's focus is on guiding families through all aspects of their wealth. By partnering with families, Vanessa is able to build meaningful relationships and help them pass on their legacy. Vanessa is on a mission to break the standard of male-dominated partners and advisors within the financial planning industry. She wants to empower and educate women to be involved in their planning and their own financial future. And her own personal stories is evidence that it can be done. In today's episode, you'll hear Vanessa's passion for family values that extend well into her leadership, the community, and the bookshelves. Vanessa is co-author of Family Value at Risk, inclusive communication to pass on your family's wealth and legacy. Her book is a call to action with resources, guides, tips, and exercises for you to create a family legacy that aligns with your values. Vanessa Martinez has a passion for family and values. She's a mother of two who spent seven years in Guatemala, earning her BBA from the University of San Carlos of Guatemala, and went on to earn an MBA from North Park University in Chicago with a specialty in finance and international business. Vanessa holds FINRA Series 6, 7, 63, and 65 licenses. She's been recognized by Forbes as America's top women advisors in 2021, Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisors in 2021, a Forbes Next Gen Best in State Wealth Advisors 2019, and a Barron's 2020 Top 100 Women Financial Advisors. Wow. She oversees the annual planning for the Hispanic Congregation of the Northwest Church of Christ. She's also an active member of a nonprofit organization called Step Up, which helps young girls reach their fullest potential in education. One of the many gifts that you'll discover about Vanessa Martinez in this episode is her unrelenting passion and entrepreneurial spirit to support and empower women to achieve financial independence. 
She'll motivate you to take the first step to support your family as you build a legacy that is wealthier than money in the suite. Wow, Vanessa Martinez, take a seat in the suite. It's so great to see you here today. I'm excited. Me too. Doesn't sound like it when I say the me too, but I definitely am. (laughs) I know. I love it. We had these dates. It's been like a few months, I want to say, since we've talked. I know the weather definitely in Chicago is warmed up right now, right? Everybody's getting out. Exciting. I like it. I like being outside, even if it's just on my deck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I'm really excited to have you in the suite today. We're going to be talking about a lot of things that I feel... I feel issues that are really pertinent to women, especially, and particularly women who are lucky enough to have multiple generations of women and men in their family right now. So you have a really awesome and interesting story. It really is a privilege that we're going to dive into that as well as your book. I cannot wait. So this is going to be really exciting. For those people who who don't know you, I want to just give a little bit of your backstory, but then I would love for you to kind of expand on that. You've had a super successful career in financial services, Vanessa. I think what's really cool about your story, you've been at Hightower now for how many years? Eight. Eight years. You have been recognized as a Forbes Best State Wealth Advisor for 2021. You are now a managing partner and a director since 2017. You are recognized as Barron's 2020 Top Women in Financial Services. That is an incredible, incredible journey. And you are also a mother to two beautiful girls. So congratulations on that. I'd love to start with a little bit of your your story, finding your way to, to Hightower. So that one gets gets a little touchy, but <laughs> previous to joining Hightower, I was at uh, J.P. Morgan Chase. And as much as I love that industry, being on the retail side of wealth management versus being on the independent space is, is a much different world. And during this exact time, I happened to have my daughter went to the hospital. First time ever, two years old, had to rush her to the hospital. She was diagnosed with Kawasaki disease, not very common here in the States. But at that moment, something triggered in me the need to be more time with her and find a different space for myself. And I believe in fate. So I send out my resume to a recruiter that my sister was like, oh, this is the recruiter my firm uses. You should send it. So I do. I get a call within five minutes that says, oh my goodness, the lady says the same thing. I believe in fate. (laughs) The moment you, I got your email, a fax came in requesting exactly the same qualifications that are on your resume. I need you to come in. So I take a leave from the hospital real quick, run home, shower, throw on a suit, go to the interview and uh, get the job. So- that's crazy. I believe in fate too. <laughs> I know it sounds cheesy, but I really do think it's a thing. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a good opportunity to learn what Kawasaki disease is. If you don't mind just spending a few minutes on it. So it's it's sad in the sense that it affects boys. 
mm-hmm. under the age of two, huh. typically of Asian descent. So my daughter only met one of the three criteria, huh. yet she was still diagnosed with it. And what it does is your internal organs get inflamed. So a little body of a two-year-old baby has now an enlarged heart, enlarged liver, enlarged. So, but, so it's two, two sides. This is what happens inside of their body. Outside of their body is horrible, horrible, which I was very fortunate that my little Isabella did not get any of the external uh, symptoms. Their nails fall off. Their tongue gets swollen. It's called like that strawberry tongue. Yeah. Um, they get rashes all over their skin. It's it's horrible. So if there is anyone listening, I totally feel your pain. I If I get too much into the details, I will cry just remembering it. Me too. I will cry also too for you. I'm just about halfway there. My daughter's got a birthday coming up next week. So yeah, so really very interesting. Well, I'm glad that she's okay. There's a beautiful, uh, what I would say, really wonderful YouTube video out where you're being um, interviewed about mothers and daughters. We're going to put a link to that in the show notes. Now, another big reason why we have you in the suite here today is because of this. And if I could just hold this up, can I just tell you, I I love packaging. I'm big on marketing and production and branding. And I have to say that this is one of the most eloquent, beautiful displays of of books that I've ever seen. And you co-authored it with J.R. Gondek. Correct. Yeah. Where did the idea for the book come from? I think we both seen where the industry is today and where families are. So it's a two, typically a book is framed for, uh, let's say a niche market. In this case, we have two, one families, two advisors on the side of the advisors. It's the fact that you have to learn to be in touch with all of your sides. And in some cases, if you are a male, and you can't get in touch with the feminine side, guess what you need? A woman. Yeah, exactly. You need, <laughs> you need the girl power. Yes. You need to have that dynamic to be able to be in touch with families because you don't know who sits across from you, how they think, how they feel, what they want. But you want to be able to have on your side that availability of emotions that availability of knowledge. So it's not that the woman's just there for the emotions and the man's there for intelligence because I'm not defining the criteria based on sex. I'm defining it based on the skill set that you need on this side of the table. And I think it's the same on the family side. And the book really touches that for women specifically, that there's too many times that women take the back seat when it comes to finance, and I don't mean paying the bills, I mean finance as in wealth planning, which includes your investment assets, as well as your estate, your overall estate, you should be aware of. You shouldn't just be okay with your husband taking care of who he talks to, what attorneys, what decisions he makes. Do you understand that in a trust, it says when you would like your children to become their own trustees? 
how you would like your assets to flow in the future. So if you're part of this creation of creating this wealth and this legacy for your family, why shouldn't you be a part of its transition to the next generation? That is so beautifully said. And you have a concept within the book that I think may be new to some listeners. And that is this idea of multi-generational planning. Because when we think of planning, again, we think that it's maybe a one degree removed, our spouse and our kids. And it doesn't really go beyond that, but it really should go beyond that. It should go upwards as well as down, right? That is the key. You hit the nail on the head. It has to go both up and down. There's too many cases where you're sitting with a family that a typical advisor would have been with them maybe 10 years. And then all of a sudden you have one of them tell you, oh yeah, uh, I received a $4 million inheritance from my father. So what do we do with that? Well, guess what? It's, It's too late now. And what I mean by too late is that if we would have addressed this earlier and we understand the total value of your current estate, then we're able to say, oh, let's talk to your parents and make sure that this skips a generation and goes to your children. So that way, instead of them gifting you $4 million, maybe it's actually $2 million because 50% goes to the government. Right, right. And what's the minimum value of an estate as, again, as women are listening right now and saying, okay, I'm hearing what Vanessa's saying, and I think that it's a really good idea. And a lot of people think that the whole idea of anytime we talk about estate planning, wealth management, that is reserved for some upper echelon of people. What is the minimum value of an estate for a woman to to make sure that these things are in place? So honestly, I don't think there is a minimum dollar amount. It should be what you inside want to make sure gets passed along when you're not here and you can't make that decision. So, and and there's so many cases now, right? There were women maybe don't decide not to have kids, decide not to get married. They focus on their career, right? Maybe they're an only child. They can't gift up because parents are gone. So where does it go? So that's where dollar amounts don't matter. It's more so what do you want? What are you passing on and who are you passing it on to? So if I'm single and I want to pass this to nonprofits, which ones? What am I passionate about? Who do I want to help succeed? But in the trust, all it is, and it's exactly what you're saying. Too many people think it's like this expensive document that you need to get drafted by like some physicist from, from a foreign country. Oh my goodness, it's not. It's easy. And there's so many options out there. So I agree where if your estate is over a certain dollar amount, yes, you should look for a well-thought-out estate planning attorney. But if it's not, there's so many options out there. There's LegalZoom. There's so many things that you can use to just help yourself get prepared. And you never know what the future holds. You could win the lottery. 
<laughs> yes, you could. Absolutely. You got to be in it to win it. But yes, and lots of other great things can happen, right? There are the evolutions of new businesses right now and technology is going in all different directions. People are making a lot of money, especially a lot of young people right now are making huge amounts of money with Bitcoin and Ethereum positions. And yeah, so I think that this, especially this generation has access to wealth a lot quicker than previous generations. People work so hard, whether you have $10 million or you have $100,000, the sacrifices that you had to make for that money deserves a plan. I agree. And I think if I'm going to share one tip on this specifically, I would say those in, let's say between the 40 to 55 age range listening. Sometimes we believe, oh, how do I talk to my parents about money? I don't want to say, well, what are you giving me? And you're 100% right. That's not what you should be telling them. You should be sharing with them, hey, I'm planning my estate. Is there any tips and guidance that you can give me to make sure I do this right? That is how you make those connections because you don't, you're not in it to understand how much money you're getting. You just want to make sure your parents are prepared and you, and they acknowledge the fact that, Hey, by the way, mom and dad, I know that after talking with them, this is how much you want to share. Well, let me share with you that I have built my wealth. So if you do want a gift to me, it would be great if we have a specific trust in place that then passes it on to my children for estate planning purposes. That's brilliant, Vanessa. What have you seen as a financial advisor for communication gone bad? And what would be, I guess, a main tip besides having the right script to bridge that conversation how can families make sure that these conversations hap- happen? Intentional. Yeah. That is key. Because every family that you ask, oh, yeah, do you talk about your estate planning with your family? Are you sure they know what's happening? Everybody will answer, of course. Everything's good. Everything's all set. That's just the common answer. Like, hey, how are you doing today? I'm fine. Even though you could have, just like you said, an hour ago might have been crying outside of that white door behind you because of what's happening with your daughter, right? You're sad. But our typical answer is always, I'm okay. I'm good. Everything's fine, right? That's just natural. It's, It's human nature to do that. But this is where we really need to push those boundaries and ask these questions. So I believe our job as wealth advisors is to sit with the families and ask them, what intentional conversation have you had with your children on wealth? That means, guess what we're doing today? We're going to sit down and we're going to talk about either the estate or we're going to talk about finances. You just have to prepare the listener, right? And I think too many times, one of the things that we do, we have family meetings and it's an eye-opener when we sit with them and and we talk to the matriarch and patriarch and say, what do you think you've passed on to your children, right? I'm talking about values here. And they'll say what they think. And then 
go, well, I typically do that in the pre-family meeting. And then when all of them are together, I start the opposite. I ask the children first, tell me what you feel your parents have ingrained in you, have tr- that you truly feel you want to take this away for your children. And the parents get to hear what they're, but they've never had this conversation before. Hmm. So I understand that if our ancestors never did it with us, it makes it difficult for us to do it with the next generation. But that is the purpose of writing this book, to kind of have that knowledge out there, know how important it is and all of the value that it brings, not just to you, because it is so self-fulfilling to know that your children are hearing these words, but also for the next generation to continue to do. You paint a scene in the book, Vanessa, of you and your kids and your grandparents, everybody and your parents on a plane all together. And when turbulence happens, unfortunately, we're all, I think it's a fight or flight response that's happening in our brain, right? But it's its a good time. I think after coronavirus too, I have to imagine that more and more people are having these kinds of discussions. And I love that the learner group and you specifically are able to bridge a conversation around values because I don't think that people, when they think about conversations with their financial advisors that involve other family members, they're a little afraid that they don't want to let the other family member know what how much money they have. But you're not having a money discussion. You're having a values discussion that is to- totally different things. Exactly. That is exactly it. Too many people say, well, I don't want to share. I'm not asking you to tell them that they're each getting $5 million. I'm asking you to share the values and planning, right? Because the planning tips tie to the values. You don't have to mention what they are in numbers, but we can mention structures. Because what happens when, and like you said, these are fortunate individuals that receive these inheritance, of course. But if it was never introduced to them and they're like, well, what's a trust? How does it work? What does it do? So when are you going to tell your children how that works? Are you expecting them to Google it? Like, how how do they know? Or are they waiting till you pass and then they get the call from the attorney that says, hey, we're going to read the will. And just so you know, now you get this dynasty trust. You have this LLC. You have all these terms that have never been spoken about in the household. That is that taboo around talking about that is what is our goal at the learner group. We really want families to embrace that it's not scary and that it feels so much better. Communicate during while you're alive as well as partial gifting while you're alive because what's the best way to learn, at least personally, right? I'm a hands-on. You're going to teach me something. I want to sit there and touch the computer and learn how to do it. So you want me to manage how much money? And you've never even given me $10,000? How do you want me to do that? See, the discussion around estate planning and multi-generational wealth planning does not need to be a negative discussion. But you bring up such a good point. Like, hey, you're going to give me $5 million. I better not... unless you start some on-the-job training right now, I'm going to be a little bit perplexed and not know anything, not even know what a foundation is, not know what a trust is. So you've been doing some interesting work at the learner group. And I know that they've also too, one of the reasons that you came to Hightower, because it's the right fit. It's the right culture. Do you have any suggestions on, aside from 
fates, <laughs> attracting the right fate. What about women right now who are, are looking for a really good fit in their careers? Any suggestions on how to identify the right culture before you go in? I think because social media and the internet, it's made it easier for women to truly do their homework before taking on the next position. And so easier for them. And as a business owner, more complex for us because you have to walk the walk, right? You can't just talk, talk the talk, walk the walk. It's more, if my website doesn't show that I believe women should be in power positions, because I, I have zero, why would you believe me if I tell you, oh yeah, we're going to do that. That's in our future. Oh, is it? Oh, I'm going to have diversity, but nobody on your team speaks another language, mm. but you will in the future. So it's those types of things that as someone going into a job, I really want to see what they've done. What are the actions of that firm that prove to me that the words that they're saying are real? That's what I would say for someone looking for a job. And on the other side, if you are a business owner and you're out there saying, I need to hire more women, mm -hmm. but you need to hire them just because social media is telling you to hire them and you don't believe it with your heart, you're not going to get anywhere. Because if you think us women don't believe that we're going to be the token women in the office, we can see right through you. So either you believe it or move out of the way. And I love it that you are someone that's been able to rise to partner status. Not an easy thing. I know that that's been a frustration too. I've had conversations with women behind the scenes and it's one of the reasons that women leave. They don't feel they haven't been made a partner. They have no equity stake in the business. But if you look at the revenue that's tied to that firm, they have been involved in a lot of that money coming into the firm. We have to be honest with ourselves. It's human nature to think I'm great. Look, do you see everything I do? Do you see my desk? I have papers on papers on papers on papers. And that could be true, but I always want to give the benefit of the doubt on both sides. I'm a, I want to be in your shoes. Whenever I have a conversation with someone, I think back and I'm like, wait, let me put myself in your shoes first. I see where you're coming from. Now I can kind of tell you what I think. So this is what I believe all women should do. I have had those conversations with women that sometimes say, you know, I've asked for it like 15 times. And but so then at that point, I'm like, then it's, it's not going to happen. So either you don't deserve it or you do and get the hell out. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> that you yeah. You just have to take them. That's where decision paralysis comes in in the book. Yeah. Not doing anything, you're making a decision. Your decision is to stay. And if you're not happy where you're at, that's not a good place. But I also believe that it's our job as women in these positions to help educate either, because there's a majority of men, right? Educate these men or these other women that are in power positions that believe, well, if I struggled, you should struggle. I don't believe that. That's not my motto. Just because I struggled to get here 
doesn't mean I can't make the path easier for you to get here. Wow. That's ridiculous. But it's time to educate. That's part of the book. Educate people to see the light, to understand the value in having both sexes. So I'm not that crazy, woo, all women. I mean, I need a man. I do for other I reasons. Do right? but- I do too. And I have a son too. I have a son and a daughter. I, I've, oh, I've, I've loved the guys. Women's just- empowerment doesn't come at the expense of, of male, uh, whatever. It's a, it's a subordination. Yes. <laughs> yes. Trade off. Agreed. It's equal. That's where we want to get, right? I don't want to eliminate all men from the world. Yeah. It's equal. But I do see both sides of it, right? We want that sense of the people that are in those power positions to truly value that equalness. Both women and men, they they both have to see it. Because you don't want to be the only woman in a power position because some women have that problem, right? Well, I'm up here. I'm the only one up here. I'm not letting anyone else come up. It's not fair. <laughs> I also want to talk about it's I found it really interesting that you did your MBA in Guatemala. And I wondered if you could talk a little bit about what that experience is like. I think that I wish I wish that I would have had a I would set a more diverse set of experiences growing up. But I do see now I was fortunately able to send my daughter to Italy for a portion of the time for her to do schooling. What can you say about studying Guatemala? What's the one thing that really sticks out on you that you could pass along to us? Mm. Culture. Mm. It's a different culture, which then allows you to put yourself in other people's shoes. Sometimes when you live in a bubble, that's all you know. So you stand strong in those beliefs because you haven't been shown anything else. So I fully understand those people that have only known one way. But this is where the intentionality comes in. Be intentional. Look for culture. Go out. Have And and I know it's difficult. I I love like-minded people. But sometimes... Maybe it's good to have a friend that doesn't think just like you because they can slowly teach you why they think what they think. And that was super impactful for me. It was, I honestly count it as one of my accomplishments. So I did my undergrad there. I came back for my MBA. So at the age of 17, I left Chicago and went abroad to do my undergrad out there. Now, mind you, I learned Spanish at home because my father's from El Salvador and my mother's from Guatemala, but I was born and raised in Chicago. So I did not know how to read or write in Spanish, only speaking, which wasn't great. (laughs) But then you go straight full-blown college in another language. Wow. Personalities, everything. I mean, it was phenomenal. And I had such a great advantage of the fact that because I did speak English, even though I was very young. Back then, I thought it was uh, an advantage. Now that I look back, it wasn't so great, which is that I looked older <laughs> than what I was. As you get older, you want to look younger. But as you're younger, you want to look older. <laughs> exactly. But I was super young. And because I spoke English, they sent me to Germany. They sent me to Canada. And I was representing the company in these international lumber fairs, where, again, the only woman... There I was, so you have to take it back, right? There it was 20 years ago. Holy mackerel. Lumber, in lumber. I mean, 
love that. I was like, oh, international lumber. Of course, international lumber sales. Yeah. So it was great. But loved it. Loved it. And those are the pieces where I think those women listening to the podcast that we speak of, there's learn as much as you can. And when I mean learn as much as you can, do whatever you're currently doing and then finish that and then learn what others are doing around you. That is where I think there's growth because you never know where the next opportunity is coming from. Why wouldn't you take advantage of learning what the person next to you is doing, right? So international sales, but I would go down to the factory where they were doing the machinery to understand how wood gets dried and stays in the kilns for eight to 10 days. And then it's transformed into a cabinet and all of these pieces that are involved in it. So that is a key thing for everyone. We sometimes get so caught up in is, oh, well, this is all I do. This is my job. So I do my job. But it's not about your job. It's about your career. It's about your life. Why wouldn't you want to learn more? The name of your firm is The Learner Group on top of that. Like that is just an awesome, awesome way to look at the world and for us to take different steps. Again, I, I want women as a result of listening to your podcast, Vanessa here, to make different types of decisions. Don't default into the same old, same old. I also see in you a very successful business owner and then a very successful, intentional parent, an intentional giver, and an intentional in your community. And I want to talk a little bit about your volunteerism and your philanthropy and how you managed to hold on to all of those parts. It's difficult. <laughs> it, it definitely is. And kind of creating that work-life balance that everyone speaks of is hard. As long as you set aside work and life, but to me, it's kind of a blend of everything because I enjoy helping out where I can. Anyone I can help. That's just my, my nature. So if you tell me, oh, you know, I'm trying to plan this baby shower. I'm like, oh, let me help you. I know everything you need to do. Let me do this. I'll provide my anything you need, right? Oh, I'm going through a tough time at work. Well, talk to me about it. Let me help you. Maybe any experience that I have can help you in some way. And that's how, so at church, I help out with planning. We wouldn't think that at church there's planning, but there definitely is. There's a whole business, not a business plan, but a plan around yeah. how to help the community, right? And someone has to sit down and do the work. And obviously it typically falls on the pastors, but there's a whole administrative team that sits there and does that. So why not help if I can? So I do that there. And this is where kind of the diversity in women, there's this program that I enjoy greatly. It's called Step Up and it, it helps girls in high school or going into high school where you're just preparing them. Typically in lower income families, if you ask these children, what do you want to be when you grow up? They say a doctor or a lawyer. That's it. Hmm. And it goes back to the multi-generational planning, right? The where I'm saying the values that you pass on. If no one ever told you that other jobs existed, why would you think there's an opportunity for you to have them? You wouldn't. 
because you don't know. Right. So it's sharing. I, I get so much joy from knowing I can share anything, my time, my energy, my love, anything. I know it sounds cheesy. I'm quite a cheesy person, by the way, but I just truly love helping people in any way that I can. And that's the purpose of the book, right? Me talking, this one podcast, as far as it can go to all of those of you listening, there is so much help out there. And I'm not talking about just the uber wealthy people, right? I'm talking about that there's there's other organizations, Savvy Ladies. I love that organization, right? How much it helps. Zero cost, ladies yes, out there. Exactly. Zero Any cost. woman in need. Any woman in need that needs. And there's also a, a hotline for women yes. who exactly who are being held hostage financially in a relationship right now. There's so many resources and the more you and I can share that with other people, that to me is success. That's beautiful. Hey listeners, we want to thank our friends over at Redtail CRM for helping us to make all things possible here in the suite. Redtail technology is the industry leader in software for CRM, document imaging, and email solutions for financial advisors. Visit redtailtechnology.com to check them out. I wish I was friends with you 25 years ago, 30 years ago when I had kids. And I think a lot of women are curious. We all want to bring up our children and our kids with good financial literacy, great life habits. Now, because of the internet, things are a little bit easier. What do you tell your girls about money? So you have to take it one step at a time. Like you said, I'm in this world. So the kids constantly see that. So it's a little different the way I approach it because it's been so many years of them either watching me watch the news, talk about it, right? So my little one at nine can tell you what a stock is, how it works. She picks stocks. She's hilarious. She picked pretty good ones lately, (laughs) but it's those types of habits that you build. But I would say for those that are not wealth advisors, it's okay to be vulnerable with your children and say, let's learn together right? We shouldn't be scared of that. There's the four money bears. Have you heard of that book? Oh, sure. That's uh, Matt Gardner's book. Yeah. Matt's awesome. I agree. He is. He's besides a good author. He's hilarious. (laughs) But that book is kind of like a tool, right? And if you don't have all the knowledge and you want to feel like the one teaching the children, Take a read. There is nothing embarrassing about reading this book. Believe me, there's some concepts in there that you need to read twice to fully get. (laughs) So that's okay. Let's just all learn to kind of have that vulnerability in us to be okay with saying, I don't know either, but we'll learn together. That's so great. And I just want to say, look, any of you ladies that are listening, I'm, I'm willing to also to guys too, because we love the guys. I'm happy to send a, a copy of Vanessa's book as well as Mac's book to you. I can't afford to do it for the whole world here, but I'd love to be able to do it to the first three people who email us, tina at com. 
we'd love to just give this away because this is our way of, of paying it forward. And like you, Vanessa, you're trying to get more and more women into this industry. I think you've led by example in different facets of your life. What would you say that we could do better as far as like getting women, the women right now who are listening, how can we help to get more women in this industry? I would say for women that are interested in this industry, that there's more to it than what you think. It is not what is on TV, right? It's really not. We need you women. We desperately need your women in this field because you complete the picture. There's like, if, if you want a job that's fulfilling, if you want something that you do every day where you know you're helping someone else, this is it. Yeah, this is it. There's different segments of the business. We forget sometimes that there is the traders sit over there. The analysts sit over there. The attorneys sit over there, right? We have all those pieces. You're here to help coordinate that. And I feel that people forget that that's kind of the value of a wealth advisor. It's to help the full coordination of everything. And I think we don't give ourselves enough credit because it's been told in the world so often that women aren't good at math. That, oh, finance, that's math, staying away from that. It's not, it's not true. Two things aren't true. You do know math. You just haven't been shown it in a different light if that's what you're thinking. <laughs> or two, maybe you don't, but guess what? You can learn it. You just have to understand that it's not just about the math and the finance and investing. It's wealth, wealth, and helping families build that legacy that's so much wealthier than money. Mm, mm. That's when we also we had Abby Salome, obviously, you're the former chief marketing officer of Hightower and come when you were describing the whole idea of wealth and this this whole philosophy around wellness and wealth and health and life and everything's coordinated. The discussions that a financial advisor has with their clients is not just around money. It is around the things that you do, that you enjoy, that give you life, your values. You had touched upon that earlier. And I'm really happy that, again, someone like you, Vanessa, that you've worked your way through the organization all the way to partner status. Hey, you can come into the industry and try a work at a great firm, find a great culture first, and then find a job that you love to do. And if it's something that you don't love to do, but you love the culture and the people you work with, they'll find a great place for you. You know, it's really hard to be on this side of the podcast where you're throwing so many flowers at me <laughs> and that have you feel them on the other side. But there's one thing besides everything that you've done and even just having this voice out there for other women. And it's funny because people might think that we planned it, that it's because it's really touching for you to say, you know what? I can't offer this book to the whole world, but I will give it to three people. I don't know if people understand that you're willing to come out of your pocket to do that. We didn't plan that. So to me, that just shows your commitment to helping women. You truly want to do it. To the to the extent that you can, you really do. That's you should be so proud of 
this whole podcast of everything that you've done. And I know many people know it, but I, I can't not share how you're such a genuine person. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Vanessa. We're here to help other women and to empower by empowering them and giving them the right tools and the right people to access when there's a problem. Life doesn't go, life doesn't go straight, straight up. It's very curvy. It's filled with a lot of, a lot of volatility, a lot of bouncing, bouncing around. I feel so fortunate to come into this industry as a second career. And I am putting flowers because you guys deserve flowers. I, when I got here, I was like, wow, why? Why didn't I come here? Why didn't my accounting professor look at my hands as I came into his class and see that, oh, there were burns from waitressing and getting toast out of the, right? And say, hey, you're getting an A plus in this class. What are you doing for work? That's what I'm trying to create. I'm trying to create the outcome that I wish that I didn't have. So if you're an accounting professor right now, <laughs> ask your students that are A+. Plus. I graduated with honors. Ask those students that are getting A's in your class what they're doing for their work. And please introduce accounting professors, financial planners, anybody in the financial related field. Tap your A students on the shoulder and let them know that there are opportunities at your place of work. They will take it. They just need to be asked and invited. Agreed. Agreed. So what is the best way to get in touch with people before we ask you the last question? I know that there are wonderful people who want to connect. So the website is the learner at Hightower Advisors. So you can reach out there, go through the website. And there's actually a link on one of the tabs, it's the name of the book, Family Value at Risk, you can get a free chapter if you put your information in there. It's just your name and email, and we'll send you out a free chapter of the book. But I also want to say that you offered your three. I will also gift 10 other books. Whoa! So we have 13 people out there with books. And I want to share a special note. Well, I'll give another 10 of those who want it in Spanish because we have translated the book and it just got delivered. I'm so excited. See, this is diversity. You have to walk the walk. So we have it in Spanish. So I'll send 10 for those who want it in Spanish and 10 for those who want it in English. Muy excelente. <laughs> wow. Como se dice, that is unbelievable. <laughs> We could say that. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. And yeah, this totally wasn't planned. Like that's what I love about being here in the suite. The coolest things happen, just like the timing, the universe. Hey, Vanessa, it's fate. It's fate. <laughs> okay. So I think I know the answer to this next question, but we are, you know what, rather than giving us a book recommendation, cause I'm going to give you guys all the book recommendation, the family value at, at risk, but anything else, a, a last tip or a tidbit, whether or not that it's a book recommendation, a podcast recommendation, something to just help, help our, our audience. I would say take it upon yourself to help one person, just one person. I think too many times we try to help the world and we don't realize that maybe the person that needs help is sitting right next to us. And like you said, if you're the accounting teacher, reach out to that one A plus student. It's the same. If you have knowledge in anything, I'm not, it doesn't have to be finance, right? 
anything that you have knowledge in, like intentionally share that with someone else and have satisfaction for yourself knowing that you helped, but then that passed along effect, right? I love that you help one, they help another. And that's how, that's how it's going to work. Vanessa Martinez. That's beautiful. Muy bonita. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you for planting seeds of beauty and greatness here and intention and being a bright light in the suite. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a true pleasure and you just made me feel so nice and warm and fuzzy inside. <laughs> Yo, Mikasa Sukasa. You're listening to In The Suite, a podcast that shares amazing stories of women in business in the financial services and the wealth management industry. Our producers are Tina Powell and Kevin Hirshhorn. Our editor-at-large is Kevin Hirshhorn. Our content writers are Dimple Rashandani, Sarah Smirker, Tina Powell. Our research and technical assistant is Sarah Smirker. In The Suite podcast is sponsored by C-Suite Social Media, a high-performance marketing agency for REAs and fintech companies in the wealth management industry. You can visit csuitesocialmedia.com to learn more. And thank you so much for listening and subscribing. We've got listeners in eight 189 cities and 49 countries as of today. We are so, so grateful to you, especially for your five-star reviews. This podcast was inspired by you and created for women who want to lead. So please let us know how you enjoyed this amazing episode with Vanessa Martinez and share your thoughts on LinkedIn and Twitter, hashtag in the suite. You could connect with Vanessa on LinkedIn and visit her website at learner.hightoweradvisors.com. And always, if you would like to share the name of a rock star woman in financial services we should consider interviewing in 2022, please send it to me at tina at inthesweetpodcast.com. We'll also take any suggestions, any kind of feedback, critique that you want to offer the show. We're really excited for season three, and we'd love for you to be a big part of that. So thank you so much for listening and subscribing to In The Suite.